Chapter Five of the Milky Way. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Milky Way by F. Tennyson Jesse. Chapter Five, The Last of Harry. Little John was a somewhat exacting companion at night, and the result of many awakenings during which I distractedly attempted to soothe her resulted in my sleeping far into the morning when i found we were lying anchored at gravesend after i had washed and fed her and reattired myself in my own garments curiously stiffened by the salt water i betook both of us on deck there i found harry himself again save for a crop of bruises from which indeed we all suffered excepting little john both our own skipper and the chief of the solferino were ashore caught up in the whirl of telegrams that follows such an adventure as ours but our own mate mr simpson who was lolling at the rail gloomily informed me that the solferino had to take a load of cement on board which would keep us in a haze of cement dust till past noon harry and i went astern and leaning over the taffrail gazed at tilbury docks where the black funnels of the p and o the cream of an orient and the strawberry red of an atlantic transport showed from behind the low green strip of land each liner with her great bunches of derricks uphove like helpless outstuck fingers the storm was over and a brown-gray blight seemed to hold the world brown-gray mud-flats across one of them a trench where brown-gray little men like nightmare insects worked in the slime a forest of tall chimneys with plumes of smoke varying from black to white trailing across a pallid sky gray-green river where brown mud-clouds floated beneath the surface like gigantic sponges over all a haze of cement dust that puffed like smoke from every sack sent hurtling down the yellow wooden chutes into the holds of a couple of schooners moored nearby harry it's providence i said you can go ashore here and i'll go to barbara's with little john and she need never know about you at all you haven't given me my answer yet viv yesterday before everything happened I could have sworn you meant yes, but this morning, Harry, you know I've always told you I wasn't in love with you. Yes, you always played the straight game with me, Viv. Well, it wouldn't be playing the game if I were to marry you. I've tried to think it would, but it's no good. It would be taking all and giving nothing. My nearly saying yes was the result of tiredness and depression and rank cowardice you'd be giving me yourself which is all i want what about love harry that would come i'd make you so happy you'd have to love me it's an odd thing said i half laughing through my tears that a man is always so confident he can make a woman love him and make her happy and they're the two most difficult tasks in the world Viv, can't you realize what it is to me to know you're on the stream? You haven't a farthing, 
and you won't use me in any way. And now all your worldly goods are lying at the bottom of the channel. Viv, let me help you. I can't, Harry. And I've raked up some pluck again, and a job of sorts will follow. And I shall be with Barbara while I look round. So don't have the alone in London idea. Besides, I'm not alone. I have little John. Harry groaned. To saddle yourself with a baby. It only needed that. I hope to heaven his fool of a mother will claim him. He's a she, after all, I said. But I hope she will, for her sake. When I woke and saw little John's pink face near mine, and thought that she might be where she could never hold it to hers again, oh harry i felt awful for her and nan verrow told me when he called me that there's news of a sailing ship ashore near margate we've set all the telegraph wires hopping with messages to find out and if it's the worst well as far as i'm concerned it's not a bad bargain to lose a box of old clothes and find a real live baby so you needn't worry anyway. And besides, people are always nice to me. Viv, dear, you're far too pretty to knock about alone. Poof! Me pretty, with my farthing face? You look such a child, Viv. It's your way of wearing your hair in those plait things round your head, and your big grey eyes and little throat. It was your throat I first fell in love with, Viv when I met you and your father in that weird place in Sicily. My throat was very unromantically sore when I had flu, and I've never found my big eyes in my way, you know. Viv, make it yes. Harry, I'm awfully sorry, and I hate to say it, but it must be no. He was silent for a minute, and I looked at Tilbury through a watery film. The different-hued funnels mixed up together like coloured candles melting. Then Harry said, I'll clear off, Viv. Write to me from the vining woman's. Promise? Yes, I promise. Brrr! This cement dust. It'll get in little John's eyes. I'll go to my cabin. At my door I laid the gift of the gods in the bunk and held out both hands and Harry drew me towards him. Viv, won't you let me? You never have. I've never let anyone. Oh, Harry, I'm a mean, ungenerous pig, but I can't. All right, I didn't mean to bother you, and you're not a pig. But Viv, if ever you change your mind, if you ever feel you could bear to... to... You'll promise to let me know. I shan't have changed, you know. Dear Harry, the last man who said that to me has just married a widow with two grown-up daughters. But I mean it. I swear I do. I'll promise if it'll please you, but I shan't change my mind, Harry. I don't know quite what brought me so near it, but I know that nothing will again. Oh, Harry, I'm so sorry. There's nothing for you to be sorry about, Viv. I've had this much of you anyway, 
and you've been as divinely kind and tender and friendly as only you can be. Good-bye. Good-bye, Harry, was all I could manage, and when he was being rowed ashore, looking very forlorn and big in the stern of the little boat, I lay in my bunk beside little John and cried till my nose went pink. I knew that what I had told Harry was true. The mood of utter weakness had brought me so near to the edge of the precipice that the one look over would prevent me ever drifting so close again. And short as was the time Little John had been with me, she had affected a great deal, for I knew it was not so much the influence of the chuff. That too had been strong, not even so much the stirring sense of adventure, reawakened by the shipwreck, which had kept me from saying yes to Harry as the influence of little john when i held her to me i knew beyond the possibility of doubt that never to harry would i give a little john of my own the not impossible he if he existed at all was still in the future and if he did not there are always little john's a dreams as i sat by the sleeping baby and thought of all this the many little lures of shipboard began to prick my abstraction. The clanking of chains, the cheery whistling of the sailors, the many indescribable sounds of ship life, putting on my battered old leather sombrero to hide the havoc the tears had wrought, I gave myself a shake, mental and physical, and went on deck. End of chapter 5